This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. Hi, I'm Judith. And I'm Alina. We both lost babies to SIDS in winter 2021. In the throes of grief, I reached out to a stranger on the internet and our friendship was born. In the years since, we've been working hard to survive, rebuild, and navigate the continual challenges that have come our way, including divorce, job loss, dating while bereaved, moving multiple times, health scares, pregnancy and parenting a living child, starting new jobs, and so much more. We are tired. Happily Ever After is out of the question for us, but this podcast documents our journeys to happier ever after because we believe life after loss is worth living. So join us as we laugh, cry, cry until we laugh. <laughs> Welcome to As Long As I'm Living podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> this, is, this is my last recording probably right here. Yeah, from this apartment in this spot. This is where I recorded our very first episode of the podcast with a sheet over my head, remember? <laughs> I remember. And now here we are. Those were the days. Later. Yeah. That's when you're getting ready to move. I'm getting ready to move. My house closing went through, listeners. I have a house. Um, it's been emotional, honestly. It's been yeah. a it's been a hard week, like and it feels like such a like bratty privilege thing to say. But it's just been really, it's like everything I want, right? Like I want to have a house with my husband. And I'm like here with a husband in a house. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like what if I lose it again? <laughs> like yeah. it feels like really scary to have it, you know? It is scary to have it. Um, oh. All the pregnant after loss people are like, yes, exactly. It's really hard when you get what you want after you lost it another time. <laughs> it is sure. hard. Well, I think it's different than that. But it is hard. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm saying it's like, it's like a, a four it's versus a, a 14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because there's like so many hormones and whatever. Like your body is so not yours, which actually. Okay. Funny that I should say that because we're talking about body image today. So we're talking we about our bodies. Are. We are. This is, um, this is a topic that I don't know why it didn't occur to us to do sooner, but I have so much to say here. I feel like, although now that I know I'm you've been that, wanting I'm... to talk about it for a long time. Yeah, I feel like I have gone through so many phases of my relationship with my body since getting pregnant. And what's weird is, or I think what's unusual is that I was never somebody who really thought about her body at all before. Like, I think I've just kind of escaped that no, mentality. Alina, guys, I have to interrupt for a minute. Alina, you just have a very, like, stereotypically socioeconomic, like, not socioeconomic, like, socially acceptable body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think like natural, you of course you wouldn't think about it because she's like naturally like a size exactly. two. Like her whole body yes. is like pretty much what they have on magazines. You know what I mean? From but the like, time, that well, not was magazines, not my but yes, I've always had a very, I've always, without really too much effort, had a fairly societally accepted and whatever body. And I, I mean, I think I think there are plenty of people who have a body that's shaped like mine and or shaped like mine was and still feel shitty about it. I think like societal shit and the patriarchy runs deep, but this was just like something that didn't take up any brain space before. And now it takes up like all of the amount of brain space that it's taken up is, is related to the loss. Like none of this started before he died. I just Even though my body that, had like, changed. For all of us out there, which I think is the norm, I think you're actually like really unusual, but for most of us that have thought about our bodies for 20 years of our lives, 
<laughs> because we live in a country that's obsessed with body, body image, body <laughs> size, body shape. Like, I think what this has confirmed for me is that it's true that the other side of the universe seems better. Like, it seems like a lot more comfortable place to live. That it is, is not what I'm saying. Because what you're saying is that you've never thought about it, that it wasn't an issue for you. But, but that's it's not, not about the weight. It's not about the weight. I know. I was the same weight and thinness in the months after Quinn died as I was before he died, but I was unhealthy and I was thinking about my body a lot. It was not about the weight at all. Yeah. Recognize a hundred percent that I'm the weird one, that I'm odd. Like I don't think I know any other person on planet earth. No, who... no, there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people. Not a lot. Not, I've There's never some. met none of nobody I'm close to that I'm aware of doesn't like grew up without any body image issues. Okay. Well, at least we acknowledge that. Yeah. I'm definitely the weird one. I went to Alina's wedding and it was like models. I was not prepared for that. I grew up in like a Jewish community. We're not the most attractive of the bunch. So everyone that I know, I don't know any, I don't know any tall blonde people. I I actually don't know one. I don't know one woman who is over five, five and blonde. They just exist on Instagram for me, but like Alina knows them and Tyler too. And so when I went to their wedding, it was definitely like, I had to get used to the prettiness in the room. Which, you know, made me grateful for where I live because I definitely think in the Jewish community I'm hotter than if I was in the non-Jewish community. I'd be one. It's just kind of worked out in my favor. You're a okay. Jewish ten, but a, a goise. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Tell me, okay, tell me about your body. Okay, so you had, okay. you were pregnant. You loved your I body during through, pregnancy. I want to go through, I want to talk about this in order, in the order that it happened. But by the way, this might wind up being boring, but I actually think people are going to relate to a lot of this. So I think the first time that I really started to feel negative feelings about my body was when I couldn't get pregnant. And it wasn't necessarily about the way my body looked, but it did kind of translate to how my body looked. Like I just wound up being aware of the concept of my physical form Mm -hmm. and how it wasn't doing what I wanted it to do for the first time ever. And so that was really challenging. I I had gone off of all birth control. So my body was just like changing shape a little bit. And like, it, I was just aware of it. My skin was weird. Like it just everything was like, not, not good. Okay. But not bad. But just I was aware of it. <laughs> you didn't, okay. you didn't struggle to get pregnant for a long time. But do you feel like that period of time you were aware of your body more? Yes, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I you're just like thinking hyper, like I was like hyper focused on like what's coming out of me, what mm-hmm. are my boobs hurting, is my uterus cramping? I was like hyper yes. fixated on my that body. Implantation yeah. bleeding or is it the beginning is of that, my period? Yeah, yeah, is very that ovulation so. cramps or yes, is it whatever? Very like much so. yeah, and so very there's much just so. like this whole like it just a brand new door. It's like I opened a new door in my brain to like, is my body a good body or a bad body? And I really mm-hmm. felt like as the months wore on and I wasn't getting pregnant, that, that my body was like a bad one. Like it just, it wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. Was there something wrong with me? Like all of this stuff. Now I wound up getting pregnant spontaneously. As they say, it was a spontaneous conception after 12 months, which was a long fucking time. And I felt amazing. pregnant, <laughs> yeah. Like the best ever. I had no like, bad feelings about my body. I loved gaining weight. I loved like the way my belly was growing. Like I was obsessed. I felt like physically super well. And like people are rolling their eyes. I did. I was one of those pregnant people who just like, 
the pregnancy really treated me well physically. And it was like an amazing time. And I'll keep this part of it short too, but I gave birth. The birth was amazing. I had never felt more empowered in my life. I was like, oh my God, I have a good body. Like it did such a good job pushing this baby out. And like postpartum was fine. Like all of that was great. Like I did not lose As any Alina weight. one time told me, she was like, did you miss the way your belly was so squidgy after <laughs> yeah. you had a baby? Like, do you miss, I love that <laughs> feeling of like squidginess in my belly. And I called my mom after that. And I was like, Lena told me this. No, we your mom was there laugh. and she thought I was insane. We laughed for 20 minutes about it, even now, because that's something only a very skinny person would say, because nobody who has a belly would ever say i mean listen i think it's i think it we should but <laughs> i think to get to the point where you like celebrate like oh the squidginess of my belly makes me feel so good yeah, like i remember what i said That's next what level. i said was i just need to say what i said because i actually think it was a sweet thought but i hear how insane it must have sounded i was holding your newborn baby daughter who's alive and i had her resting on my belly and i the only other newborn that i had held on my belly was quinn's and like I had these completely deflated boobs and this bony, like skinny belly. And she just like didn't look comfortable. And I remember how comfortable yeah. Quinn used to look on my like That's huge true. puffy boobs and my like squishy belly. And I said to you and your mom, I was like, oh, like, do you ever whatever? Like, isn't it so nice that our bodies are like so squishy for our babies? And you guys thought that was like the funniest. <laughs> You're like, we- no. I, I'm going to call her after this and we're going to have a good laugh about it. But I, but I think it's a good, I think it's funny. But again, it's like one of those things that I feel like somebody who sure. has the privilege of knowing like yes. that I was, that then you're like, yeah, I miss it. Well, so yeah. But I well, think it's me, funny. But I let me just say, so yes, to your point, I never worried about losing the baby weight. I just yeah. felt like it's going to eventually come off. Now, I I gave birth, lost exactly zero pounds for like four weeks. Zero. Literally, I was the exact yeah. same weight I was when I gave birth. I don't understand how that's possible. Probably milk or I don't know what. And then by the time Quinn died, I had lost, I think, like 15 of the pounds I had gained. But I still had like 15 more to go. I just That was a very long preamble for me to get to the point to say I lost my son. He died when I was postpartum and also my marriage had just ended. So it was not a good time for me overall. It was kind of a rough time. Yeah. I lost 30 pounds. Yeah. 25 pounds, excuse me, between the time that Quinn died and when I stopped losing weight. And I could imagine people listening to this being like, oh, how nice for you. You lost 25 pounds. I was unwell. Yeah, you didn't I was literally eating like two cookies that was like what I was yeah. eating during the day. I was I was going part of the reason actually that I went on Lexapro in the first place was because I was literally physically incapable of eating. And like I was making me nauseous. I had zero negative appetite. And my doctor was like, let's try you on Lexapro and see if it helps you with the appetite. Otherwise, we're gonna have to look into alternative options to get yeah. nutrition. Like yeah. they thought they were gonna have to put me on like whatever those like, you know, calorie packs they give to yeah. senior citizens are. <laughs> because yeah. they just like was not No, eating. you didn't look good. Your skin was gray. And I look back at pictures from that time and it is horrifying. There's one yeah. picture of me in particular. I'm I'm standing, I'm taking a picture of myself in the mirror. And the reason I took that picture, I remember, is because I recognized for the first time how fucking skinny I was. I looked yeah. skeletal. Yeah, you didn't look good. 
And, and this is just I, my, my impression from talking to grievers and is that you either are someone who eats a lot or you're someone who doesn't eat at all. And I was just someone who didn't eat at yeah. all. Yeah. And I think both are super, super normal, but I, I think it's unusual when someone has this horrible of a loss and doesn't have some weird relationship with food after. Cause I just think appetite, digestion, all of that stuff is so impacted by your mental health. Um, what about you? You started trying to get pregnant right away. So it was a little bit of a different situation. <laughs> you know, if I started my story about body image, I would start in the first trade. I, and I only, I mean, I really, I'm only thinking about it now. Cause like I said, I do think I have generally a good body image, but I, I just, until I'm sitting here listening to you, do I realize how probably, I don't know. I think it's really normal. So I don't know, like, but probably unhealthy body image that I have, but I got pregnant and fairly quickly. So I didn't have that feeling that you were having that my body has failed me, but I will say that my body is very unusual. And I, um, in so many other ways, I'm like, I'm allergic to chapstick. I'm allergic to toilet paper. I like my feet or it doesn't matter. You didn't see my feet are like really flat. I've needed like orthotics my whole life. Like my body is so disproportioned. You know what I mean? Like I'm a size yes. six, but really it's a, whatever it is. So it's, I feel like I've always thought that my body was like fairly broken to begin with. Like my sister has had like no health concerns. I had like a slip disc when I was like in high school, but then, but then I ran a half marathon, but like, you know what I mean? Like my body's Mm -hmm. just always been this thing that like I make it do. It's what I need it to do, but like, it's so confused and pushing back the entire way. Um, (laughs) but I got pregnant with Aiden fairly easily. And then my pregnancy, like I felt I don't remember what I felt with my pregnancy with him. Yeah, how did body. you feel about it your was pregnant COVID. body? I mean, it was like COVID. No one was looking at me. I didn't like that I couldn't wear clothes that were like fun and cute to me. I didn't love being pregnant. I don't like being pregnant. I don't like the feeling of having something take over my body. I don't like the feeling of like, I don't like the kicking feeling. I don't like, I just don't like being pregnant. My boobs are already big to begin with. Like they get uncontrollably big and yes. uncom- like my body is just uncomfortable. I don't sleep well. Like I don't like being pregnant. You know, as much mm-hmm. as Alina was glowing, I was not. I didn't, you know, I wasn't <laughs> sick, but I just like, I don't think it was pleasant. However, um, I will say that, like, I think it was all my feelings about it were within the range of normal. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, like, yeah. I, I know that I gained like every week one pound. So I felt like really good about that. And then I only gained, I think, 27 pounds or something. So I felt like really comfortable that I would lose the weight. Um so I just felt fine. And then when I had the baby, everything was fine. And then I immediately started working out like right away. I started working out probably like six, like weeks? six weeks, six weeks to start I started working out, like going for running. And there was, it was COVID. So there was like a lot of like home workouts, but I was like yeah. determined. I was like going for runs at six weeks or even a little earlier than that. Like I was determined to lose oh my the God. weight. I know I was really determined and. I just, it seemed with like reasonable, I don't know, for some reason I didn't, I just wanted it off my body and my, I just, I don't know. I don't remember having feelings that were negative or positive. It felt like very much so like I was frustrated. It wasn't coming off faster. Was it like, it's just, this is what I do. I have a baby and then I bounce back. I think I was scared that I wasn't going to lose the weight. I think I was scared that I would be that big and I would be uncomfortable in my body um, permanently. But yeah. I never, but I had a plan and I was like following through with the plan. Yeah. And yeah. I think the question about how I view my body is so much more through the lens of like, for so many different reasons. But like, I think 
what it boils down to is that it felt like it was doing what it was supposed to do for the most part. And like, I wasn't expecting to bounce back. So the fact that it was taking some time didn't seem so surprising to me. I don't know. I need to think about this more. I, give me a second to really think about yeah. it. So I feel I'll, like I'm I'll, not- I'll keep going because so there's, so I just described, you know, this, this time period where I lost a pretty horrifying amount of weight. And that was in the 10 months, um, after Quinn died, 10 months to a year after Quinn died, I lost that weight. Um, and then around the first anniversary, I started gaining weight back in a really good way. And I remember in like May of 2022. So this was like a year and five months after I hit, I hit the weight that I was pre-pregnancy, which was a comfortable, happy weight for me. And I remember saying to my mom, I'm like, I've gained the weight back. I'm feeling good. Like I'm feeling happy, but like, I don't want to gain any more weight. And then what happened was a couple months later, I was diagnosed with this heart thing. And I was told I couldn't exercise at all. And like for fear of collapsing with a sudden heart failure. And along with that, like I can look back in hindsight and, and recognize, you know, seasonal depression and, you know, dead baby birthday and dead baby death anniversary depression. And there was a lot of other shit going on that I won't even get into. Although listen to back episodes of the podcast for that. But I gained 20 pounds. From really? The, yeah. So the amount of the, well, okay. So the, the weight that I was when I got the heart diagnosis until six weeks ago was a 20 pound difference. And in that time was being told I wasn't allowed to exercise per medical advice mm. and IVF, both things that caused me to gain weight. And I didn't like it because as, and this is, I think to your point about the patriarchy and fucking body image and how ingrained in it, ingrained it is in us. There was a part of me that when I, there was a part of me that wished I had my horrific skeletal body back Mm. because as much as, and I remember thinking when I was dating, I was like, you know, at least I'm conventionally thin and attractive even yeah. if I'm gray inside and dead, yeah. at least I don't have a mom's body. So when I'm going out on dates, I have the opportunity to tell someone that I have a dead child and not that I look like I have a dead child mm. or that I've given birth. Now, that was a whole other challenging thing was as I lost all this weight, all of the things that had reminded me that Quinn had existed were going away. So my breasts were deflating because I, I, you know, obviously at the time he died, I had milk in them. And so those were completely deflated. I felt, I felt horrible, absolutely horrible about my boobs for a full year. My, my then boyfriend, now husband really helped me feel better about them, but really hated, I mean, hated my boobs, hated because Hmm. I associated the way they looked with, with cessation of breastfeeding, which was associated with Quinn's death. So it wasn't like, they grew and then deflated while he was still alive. They grew and deflated as I was in the first couple of days of his death, you know? So that mm. was really hard. I hated my yeah. boobs. I also remember losing the linea nigra. Is that what it's called? That line that you get when you're pregnant between oh, your you belly button. That? Yeah. So I got that when I was pregnant and it was already starting to fade by the time he died. But I have a couple of pictures of even after he died, I still had that line. And I was like, so I used to take pictures of it, just like trying to remember, like, I still have this, like, he's still here, like he still existed and all this. And then I, it faded eventually as it does. And then it, it, it's it gone. And so I don't mm-hmm. really feel like I have any physical remnants. Like I don't have a C-section scar. 
I don't feel like I have any physical remnants of the fact that I carried a baby in my Mm. body right now. So, so it's like, I'm holding these two things. One is that, you know, I was an unhealthy weight before, but I was more maybe conventionally hot, if you will, even though uh, I personally think I don't look well, but you know, society is fucked Mm. up and thinks that that looks good. But this weight that I am now, while I don't love the way it looks because society thinks it's less attractive, I also feel like I look more like a mom. Like, I feel like I look at myself in the mirror now and I'm like, yeah, I'm a hot mom who runs five miles and I have a little bit more weight around the middle of my body and like, whatever, like it feels better Mm. and worse. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? It's very Mm -hmm. complicated. My brain and the fact that this takes up space in my brain is so, like I said, new for me. That mm. I like, I don't know how much of my brain space it's appropriate for me to think about this, but I'm thinking about mm. it a significant amount. <laughs> Remember when I was postpartum with my daughter, I called you and I was like, I'm not in my clothes fit. I don't feel good. I, well, mm-hmm. I was like really having a hard time. And you were like, Judith, you have to buy new clothes. Yes. I think, yes. I think you need to buy new clothes. <laughs> I'm serious. I think you need to. It really helped me. When you told me that, that was, it really helped me a lot. I think you yeah. need to buy new clothes. And you so, won't wear them from ever, but you'll wear them for now. And trust me, you'll be bigger and then smaller and then bigger and then smaller. And you'll need them at some point in your life. Yeah. But like I've already, so I, I bought a whole new wardrobe when Quinn very first died I because I was still wearing nursing clothes. And so I couldn't bear to wear nursing clothes. I know. Clothes, so it's I a, it's a, a problem. whole bunch of clothes in my postpartum size. Yeah. Then I lost, as I said, 25 pounds. So. I know. I bought a whole new wardrobe for my really skinny self. So I have all yeah. these like extra smalls that literally are like, they look, I hold them up on my body now and they're like child size garbage. Okay. So that's trash. I'm never going to mm. be that size again, probably. But that's what I thought about the postpartum size or you know what I mean? And then now I've, I've, yeah. I did start buying new stuff and I'm like, should I throw away the small stuff? Should I throw away the postpartum, the non postpartum, mm. but postpartum size stuff? Like mm. it's all like, I don't want to have that, yeah. six different wardrobes of clothes. Yeah for whatever my body is doing and like i i'm just like preaching to the choir i think everybody who's listening to this no i completely know that's what it's like i (laughs) i lost um like 10 pounds when aiden died and i basically lost the mess the rest of my pregnancy weight i'd gained i was like 10 pounds up and i lost 10 pounds in a month from when he died to the next month so i was when i started trying for my daughter i was at my pre-pregnancy rate and i had two stretch marks from when i was pregnant with aiden Mm-hmm. And they were like pink, and I loved looking at them. I felt like they were mm-hmm. so cute, and they were just like these little parentheses almost on my stomach. And I really, I really liked them, and um, and I love, and I like them. And even now, like they're faded and whatever. Like I can't always find them, but I like seeing them. And with my daughter, I gained more weight, and I got a lot more with her. So <laughs> now, so I feel like now, like I have my Aiden scars and my daughter's scars, and I like look at them, but. And I feel like, I guess the thing is that I don't, I've kind of like, I know last week, or I don't know if I spoke about it with you. No, I spoke about it with my therapist that I detached from time when Aiden died. Like I just haven't, I kind of feel like I detached from numbers when Aiden died. Also, like I just kind of like my body now has, I, okay. So pregnant, then I lost Aiden, then I, like I lost all the weight then I got but I didn't gain the muscle back so I just like lost weight but then I gained even more weight with my second pregnancy which was the year after and then it took a year to lose that baby weight and then I gained a little bit back and whatever my body's just been up and down and up and down and up and down I have no idea what to wear I work from home before I work in an office so all my office clothes I don't need, I need whatever it doesn't matter but I um I feel like 
for me, I've tried really hard to like completely detach from like the number on the scale. Um, and I tell myself like all the time, like when I do weigh myself, I tell myself like it's normal to gain a couple pounds from every pregnancy. I've gained exactly four pounds from when I was pregnant with, with Aiden that like two pounds for my daughter, like two pounds mm-hmm. from Aiden and two pounds for my daughter that just like won't go away now. Um, and I, I feel like for me, I, um, I've just kind of decided that I'm over it. Like I, I'm going to wear my bikini at the pool. Like I'm over it. I'm mm-hmm. like, I almost feel like when you, you become, it's like interesting. Cause this is not something that you're describing. And I wonder if when you have a live children, if it's something I that you will just about to say. Yeah, I think like, you can feel that way because you're carrying a one-year-old when you're at the pool. I think, well, there's this piece of you that, like, your body, people don't look at you. They look at your kid, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, no one's looking at me. They're looking at her. Someone might look at you and say, oh, she looks great for having a one-year-old. I don't think people say that. I think that they look at the kid and they're like, oh, she's so cute. Okay. Like, no one's look. It's like thing when you become, like, a mom, you kind of become almost invisible, mm-hmm. I almost feel like. Or maybe I just live in a place I don't know, but I just generally like have decided that I just don't care. I think that part of it is also me reclaiming my body from like this religious perspective that I grew up in where there were so much mm-hmm. rules around what I was wearing Modesty. and what I wasn't wearing and what yeah. was modest and what wasn't modest. And so I feel like since it died, I've kind of come through this whole religious kind of transformation. And so the way I relate to my body is just so different. And I feel like not that I admire my body and I totally wish I was, you know, I'll, I'll take one inch taller and I'll take one breast cup size down, bra size down. I'm like, I'll, there are certain things that like I would love to change and I'd love to lose the last four pounds. Like I would love that. But I also have just decided like, I just have, I just, I'm in it. This is it. And I feel like yeah. I've kind of come to this is my body and I've kind of come to peace with it in a way that I haven't always. I, I definitely feel like I'm more at peace with my body. And by the way, I just want to say that if I, if it gets bigger, I would not be comfortable with it. And if it gets smaller, I would not feel comfortable. Like it's kind of like I have come to peace with it as it is now, knowing that I am very much susceptible to, if I gain 20 pounds, I know I would be, it would be really emotionally difficult for me, yeah. but it's like, does I, that make sense? I think there's, yeah. So with Aiden, it took basically four months, three months. And with my daughter, it took an entire year. And I wasn't comfortable for that entire year. So I, you're also talking to me like when I'm, you know, closer to my yeah. pre-pregnancy weight. If you were talking to me six months ago when I was still gaining, I, I would not be comfortable in my skin. Yeah, I sense. just, I I can't help but, but go back to like, oh my God, can you hear that person honking? Yeah, it's my, really loud. It's so annoying. Oh wait, I, I want to wait one to other leave thing, which is that my friend Luba and I, we've been friends since middle school. And certainly like we've both gone our own body journeys. And, um, and like, we've spoken about it and she is not like you, Aline. <laughs> she comes from my world where we all have conversations. And I remember when I was pregnant, when I was, when Aiden had just died, she came for Shiva and I said, so I like, I lost 10 pounds and it must've been a week. It must've been, I lost the 10 pounds in one week because I it wouldn't was be surprised Shiva. if you did. Cause Maybe we it was were two eating. Weeks, but I, I pretty yeah. much after Aiden died, I did not eat for two weeks at all. Zero, zero eating. Um, and so I lost 10 pounds and I said, so I'd rather have him than lose the 10 pounds. Like. I, this is so dumb and now it's so funny because I see her now and I'll like complain about my body sometimes and she'll be like Judith you would rather have the weight and have your daughter than have like lose the weight and she tells me that all the time and she's yeah. right of course because I too looked at myself when when I remember when those jeans fit me and I lost those 10 pounds in two weeks I looked like a ghost I looked so gaunt I, I went over to my mom and I was like my jeans are big on me like I, my body is gone my body mm-hmm. is gone like what I feel comfortable with is gone I 
Yeah. It was just a real indication of my sadness, not an indication of like my heart. I think part of it is when you're losing weight, like for me, when I've lost weight in the past, it's like because I've been exercising a lot or because I've been eating in a way that makes my body feel good inside. And so it's like you lose the weight and it's kind of like a representation of like of hard work, work, dedication, dedication, treating your body right, like moving your Mm -hmm. body, feeding your body, nourishing your body. So there's something to be proud of unless you're doing it in an unhealthy way, unless I wonder if you feel the same way we do. It's if you know, if you're struggling with like an eating disorder, I wonder if, if you lose the weight, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you still don't feel good because you feel like it was, um, yeah, well, that, so know, that's like the thing. Like, I feel like this weight, the weight gain I gained with Quinn, it was just felt like so completely worth it. Like it was so a hundred percent worth it. There was zero part of me that felt like, Oh my God, I got to get rid of this. And I can imagine if you have a stillbirth, like as soon as that baby's born and you're just standing there like deflated, but still gaining, having all this weight, it must feel the way it felt, you know, right after he died where I remember it was instantaneous. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I have a mom's body, but no baby. It's like the worst of both worlds, like truly the worst of both worlds. It is, it is and by the, the way, I mean, I have to, let's just acknowledge the fact that we had our children for some months. Imagine yes. so in that part where you're the, the biggest, the post, yes. like immediate postpartum where you have a baby belly and your boobs are like massive. The squishy belly, the aforementioned yes. squishy belly. Yeah. And, and so if, you know, if you're struggling after you've had the loss of a stillbirth, it's horrific. It's even worse. I can imagine because yeah. we had a couple of months at least to to kind of lose a couple of those towns where you feel yes. slightly more normal, but to come home from the hospital, virtually looking six months pregnant, with yeah. your baby, it must be horrific. And there was this, there was this post that I saw, I think it was from an unexpected family outing that I saw. That was one of the first dead baby accounts that I started to follow after Quinn died. And they had this post that said, um, between your eyebrows. <laughs> you, you, but I, I hate looking at it. And my, I mean, we've spoken about my gray hair and my, wrinkles like I really don't like the way I, I feel uncomfortable looking at in the mirror because I feel like my face and my hair um definitely like tell the story of loss yes and then and I started yes, my hair I have a hair. spray of gray hairs that I actually I'm not gonna lie yeah you I like love them <laughs> yeah you like it I don't but know. I know that the reason I love them is because it's limited to one certain spot and they yeah. are from Quinn's birth and death like, I yeah. know that's why I like them. If I were just going gray, I would feel differently. Yeah. But I have one little spot that's gray and it kind of just looks like a highlight and I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, but speaking of hair, postpartum hair loss, that was brutal. I was pulled brutal. out my first chunk of postpartum hair loss the day after he died. And, you know, some Same. might say, oh, it was the grief. But like, nope, it was just the postpartum hair loss yeah. because it was yeah. just at that time. And so not only did I lose 25 pounds. Not only did my boobs deflate, did I turn gray on the inside? Did I, you know, was I miserable? Yeah. I also lost. <laughs> I also, I was in the same boat. So bad. And that's actually one of the first things you and I talked about is our hair loss. I sent you a picture. Remember I was like completely yeah. bald. I and people, you know, postpartum, hair. people who've had babies, you'll, you'll recognize what I'm talking about. You lose all that hair. But when it was combined with all that other stuff, and again, no baby in my arms, yeah, oof, was it brutal. Oh my well, God, I, it was I got my hair done for my brother's wedding and the woman kept touching my hair and be like, oh, you're having hair loss. Like, she was like, what are you doing about that? Because she kept like doing my hair and she kept like taking out clumps. And I was like, oh, I'm just postpartum. And she's like, oh my God, me too. Oh. And I was like, oh, she's like, how old's your baby? And I was like, well, he would be five months, but he died. And then the entire room looked up and gasped and was like, and then my sister mouthed to me, I'm so sorry. 
and now we were talking about it. She's like, should I have told them? I was like, yeah, because that poor lady did not know what was going for her. But yeah, my hair was like, even now, I still have like some. I'm actually sitting here feeling kind of emotional for that sweet, vulnerable Judith who had to. That was probably one of your first times having to publicly tell that. It was horrific. The whole thing was horrific. And then, yeah, I had to go to a wedding and I looked like, you know, like shit. Like Mm -hmm. I look, but I don't care about yeah. that but I don't look at pictures of myself and think like oh you look good I look at pictures of myself from that yeah. and I'm like you look horrible all right here's another thing that I don't think you you definitely don't struggle with this as much as I do my skin has been all over the place because I've been so yeah. many different uh, variations of hormonal over the last three years it's like pretty stable except if I'm on birth control and all of this stuff which but I'm doing IVF and when I was pregnant and so I have like this like swing between super clear, great looking skin and insane bananas skin. That's just all over the place and is related to my fertility, which is difficult for me to deal with considering this fertility that I have is going nowhere. And I don't have a baby. Have I mentioned that? I don't have a baby. So Alina is the weight that you gained from IVF. Is that weight? Like it just goes on and then off. Like, is that just like water weight? What is that? So I, well, okay. So, uh, I think when I tell you I was 20 pounds up at, you know, at the time of the wedding, I actually think probably five or eight pounds of that was like water weight and constipation, like bloating, because I was, Mm. you saw me, like I was extremely bloated at the wedding. And even, I can even see in my face, my face was puffy from water retention. So I do think like, and the thing is, I don't have a scale. So like that weight that I'm like thinking in my head is based off of when I happened to go to the doctor two days later and for a different, for a cardiology appointment and got weighed. So I like have that number in my head, but I do think that was a significant part of it. And I also wasn't able to exercise. So it's not like I could keep up with any kind of physical fitness. I was so exhausted. I was literally just lying around and hormonal and just like period wanting to eat snacks. So it was just like a vicious combo cycle. Did you like go to the bathroom? I noticed. Yeah. So I noticed right away, like within five days of, of the retrieval that I could see like the water weight had gone away. Like my Uh face had gone back down to like the normal shape. And then once I was able to start exercising again, I do feel like it it kind of like worked itself out a little bit. Like, I don't know what I weigh right now, but I do think I'm Do you regret doing the IBX cycle during your wedding? Like having those pictures look like that? Because you've made comments about how you don't like to look at the pictures. Can you please send me the link to the pictures? Because I never saw that. Yes, I will send you the link to the pictures. I think that's a really loaded question because... The truth of the matter is, I, I think I made the best decision I could have with the information I had at the time, which makes me think, no, I don't regret it. Um, I knew my insurance was going to expire at the end of July. I knew I would have regretted not trying to get a cycle in before that expired. So I'm glad I did it that way. However, it definitely affected my experience of the wedding the whole weekend. And it affected the way I feel about the wedding photos. Um, the only saving grace is that you guys eloped. So your actual wedding photos, yes. you don't feel that way. <laughs> That's about. correct. And that is right. So that, that makes a big difference. Yes, it does. It does. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I have one kind of last thing to say about this is that my relationship with exercise has has changed a little bit in that, well, I think globally, even if you don't lose a baby, I think the childbearing years are just really hard on your body. I think the swings of the weight gain, the, the, 
the way, you know, a, a pregnant, a nine months pregnant woman who's in really good shape is not in the same shape as a not pregnant woman who's in really good shape. I remember my doctor saying like, Alina, you're in the best shape for delivery. Like I had a really strong pelvic floor and like my ankles yeah. were really flexible so I could, you know, whatever. And and I think it's just, that's, that's just a hard time for people who give birth, like for, you know, that that's just a hard decade. Right. Mm-hmm. And then to throw in a huge physical trauma, oh, sorry, like huge emotional trauma where I think we've all heard, you know, you feel, you'll feel better emotionally if you exercise, like just get outside for a run. Like, blah, blah, blah. like sometimes you're so depressed. You can't even get off the floor and get into your bed. So how would you go for a walk outside? Like, I just, I just keep thinking like, it's just this extra layer on top of it at a time when you already don't feel great about your body. Like you really don't have any tools, any, any tools at your disposal, any tools in your tool belt to feel better because either you're someone who feels like they can't eat. So you can't, it's not like you can eat healthy proteins and whatever and fruit and all that stuff. Cause you're throwing everything up or you're someone who just is so distressed and cheese its make you feel good. So you're eating cheese its which more power yeah. to you, but like you can't exercise. Yeah. And like even this infertility, this IVF cycle, like I wasn't allowed to exercise because my ovaries were the size of oranges and ovarian torture, ovarian torsion was a risk. And so I had been getting into really good running shape. And I ran five miles um, the Sunday before my cycle started on a Wednesday. And then I went to go for my first post IVF run and I couldn't even run a mile. And that was like a three week difference. I went from being able to comfortably run five miles to not even being able to run one mile from three weeks of like a fertility related medical situation. And like, that was so depressing, especially because I got no embryos out of it. Like it was just so not worth it again. Like, not worth it. If you have the baby, at least you have that. Yeah. But when you're just doing all of this stuff and it just feels like I'm just like putting my body through hell for like no reason. It's interesting because it I feel a different. First, I just want to say, I want to tell two things. First, I want to say that my husband and I, we had the same loss on the same day. He gained 20 pounds in that month and I lost like 10 pounds in that two weeks. And he gained probably 50 pounds over the course of not that first year, but the year he, this past year, he's had a really difficult time. He gained about 50 pounds probably. Um, and he would say, so this is like, let's just add this as a layer because I'm about to say something opposite. So I just want to make sure all of you are just, you know, shown. He would say that he would like eat an entire pan of pasta at night because it was the only thing that like made him feel good even for one second like the endorphins that are released when you put the food in your mm-hmm. mouth that was the, it's like and he had Judith. to do it to excess i can relate to this because i i am a nail biter my whole life and i quit biting my nails two years before quinn died when i was trying to and the time i was trying to get pregnant around them when i was like you know 27 or 28 and after quinn died i literally deliberately picked up nail biting again because I was like, I need whatever fucking hormone is, whatever satisfaction I'm getting out of biting my nails off. Like I need that hit because that's how bad my life was. I started biting my nails again for that exact same reason. He would say that he would do it to excess because at that point that was like the only thing you could see. Like, yeah, it's like, I think he also felt like he didn't even know when it was done. Like it was something (laughs) so disassociating I don't fully understand it, but I just want to like represent that view because if you're someone who like eats at night an entire, you know, carton of pasta, 
know that you're not alone. And that's mm-hmm. so, so common. And I, I think it's part of like just going towards excessive behaviors in general, like excessive drinking too, like gaining a lot of yeah. weight because you're drinking so much. If drinking makes you feel like relief for even one minute. Like I can completely understand why you would want to drink. It's very tempting. It's so tempting. And it's like, well, if we're even getting high, it's like, well, I obviously eat more when I'm getting high. You eat more when you're drunk, like all those calories and you're drinking wine or whatever it is that excessive behavior feels good in that moment or it feels neutral and your brain is shut off and both those things are so attractive that like it makes complete sense why you would gain weight um and a lot of weight like i said my husband gained 50 pounds um i I, and uh wait i wanted to say this one other thing but i don't remember what it was what were you talking about oh exercise i want to say that i feel the opposite which is that when i'm running i feel so grateful that i have the energy to run and that I want to run. Running to me is like a luxury. It's something I did when Aiden was alive because it was like, it felt like a luxury. Like I had the time, the space to run. Um, and like, I feel like I don't want to run most days. And so when I want to run and I do, I'm just so, I just feel like blessed that I can. And it puts it in like a new attitude. Like that's how I feel about work too. For so long, I couldn't work. That like when I work, work is fun for me. And like I find it entertaining and it's like, wow, I'm lucky that I have the brain space and the capacity and the interest and the skills and the knowledge and also the just ability to work. And that's kind of yeah. how I feel about running and exercise too. It's like I feel so blessed that I'm at a place where I can run because for so long I couldn't run. And I, after Aiden died, I hired a personal trainer to um, – literally forced me to exercise because I felt like I wasn't exercising and I wasn't doing anything. And I, I just needed, I knew that it would give me, I was like trying to just like trick my brain into getting endorphins. So I hired this lady to force me to exercise, which was a waste of money, but that's not the point. The point is that it still feels like a luxury. Exercise feels like a luxury. And I feel so like gluttonous for having, you know, like that I enjoy it. (laughs) Indulging in my, even a walk or whatever. I love that you said that. And I think that's like a nice positive note to end on when I have good runs, which I'm having more good runs than bad runs these days. It's actually one of the times that I feel most connected to Quinn. And I think that's really interesting because I never ran with him. I did run two, exactly two times in the time he was alive. I knew my body would change, but I didn't, I didn't expect, I didn't know what I would look like with um, empty arms and a broken heart or something like that. Like I knew that my belly would be bigger after having a baby. I knew my hips would be wider. I didn't know that I would have a broken heart and I didn't know that I wouldn't have a baby to hold. And I really do think I'm optimistic that when I have another baby again and my outside matches my inside, like when my external presence to the world holding a two-year-old or whatever, like I think, I think I look really good for having a young child. It's just that my young child is dead. So I just feel like I don't present I don't I think know. You look, like, it's funny to hear you say this because I think you look incredible. Like, I didn't notice. When you said you gained 20 pounds, I did notice that you were definitely bigger than when I'd yeah. first seen you. Wait, Alina and I are now the same size. I yeah. just find that hysterical. Alina is coming to peace with being a size six. It's very hard. Welcome to the world. <laughs> and here am I being like, I'm, so I'm a size six like, plus. I might be an eight. Whatever you want to be. We could say 20 and we would have the same conversation. I know, I know, I know. But okay, so we've talked a lot about weight, okay? I think there's more to body image than weight. And so first of all, I just want to say I am optimistic. I'm going to feel better about the weight when I have a living child in my arms. I'm yes. using, choosing to use the word when as opposed to if, even though my brain I noticed. say if. But I want to go back and saying, remember, wait, hold on. We have to go back a second. Remember the first year we went on the cabin yeah. trip? Yeah. 
we were Launch. both wearing bathing suits. <sighs> both yeah. of us were wearing bathing suits. And I think it's super interesting to think back on because on the second year, we were wearing bathing suits too. And you know what's so funny, guys? Let me tell you something. I don't know if this is like a self-defense mechanism. I don't know what this is. But I, I was like I was like four months postpartum. I don't know what I was when we went. But I was like, oh, I look you were exactly, suit. you were two months and 20 days postpartum. Oh, okay. Second one. So guys, I was two months, 20 days postpartum. I was like, <laughs> and then I like look at pictures of myself. I was like, oh, girl, you don't look so great. So I like, I didn't think I looked so great last summer. But like when I look at the pictures and the videos and you take a lot of pictures and a lot of videos more than I certainly do. But I have this thing in my brain where I think I look better than I actually do. And it's not until I look back at the pictures where I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I was that, that big or that small or that anything. In my Judith. head, I'm a supermodel. But Judith, you, you looked great. I didn't feel great, but you that's what I'm saying like you now. You, you look yeah, great. I know. Okay. All right. Okay. I mean, that's, uh, that is what we're getting at, right? Is that like yes. our mind's perception of our body is not yes. always attuned to reality, which is fine. Does yeah. your mind show you a worse version than reality or does your mind show you a better? Why does my mind say, I think look, like I look like a supermodel and you, like, does your brain say that or no? Your brain says, I look no, like No, my shit. brain shows me, my brain tells me a worse version. What is your my brain, brain tells me? I, I feel like my brain, and again, this is new for me. Everyone will roll their eyes at that. But I feel like my brain hyper fixates on the couple of specific areas of my body that I don't love. When really, if I look at the whole picture, the total picture, and I'm wearing clothes that fit or whatever, and I have you know yeah. my hair done, like I actually feel like I look good. It's just yeah. that I only wind up paying attention to the parts that I don't love. And you know what else? Like, I really do feel like this is an important point too. It's actually kind of related to what you were saying before, where it feels worth it, right? The weight gain from having a baby felt so worth it. The weight loss felt like I hadn't earned it. So it felt really uncomfortable that I was like, like my, my, I went back to work in my office with the rest of my boss was like, Elena, you look great. It looks like you lost weight. And when I said, I said, yeah, I gained and lost 40 pounds since the last time I saw you because I had had a whole pregnancy and then I had lost weight. And then, and so that didn't feel deserved. So I was getting these, this like attention from, you know, men I was going on dates with and like, you know, people at work that I looked great, even though obviously I didn't. Yeah. So that didn't feel deserved. And now I've gained weight because of a health issue, right? Yeah. It's, it's two specific health issues. It's this heart condition and IVF. Like I've gained weight for a health issue. And so it doesn't feel worth it. Like I don't get that cute, cuddly baby at the end. And first of all, I don't have a scale. Like I actually think I've probably lost like 10 pounds in the last month since IVF ended and I've been running more and all this, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's just complicated is what I'm trying to get at. But I want to make sure we touch on the non weight parts of body image because there's also so much there. So first of all, wrinkles, (laughs) we have a grief wrinkle wrist right here. We have so many grief wrinkles. We have one grief wrinkle. It's the line. Okay, if you're wondering where it is, my husband has one wrinkle, and it's the grief wrinkle. And I have the exact same one. Look right at yourself the in the mirror. It's yep. in the middle of your forehead going across. It's in the middle of your forehead. Everyone I know that has lost a child has it. And if you don't have it, you'll probably get it. Now, unfortunately, my face does not respond well to Botox. I've tried. It's a long and story. It's, it's, I think what, what your Botox person said is that if you don't have the 11s, but you do have that horizontal yeah. wrinkle, right? That's unusual. And that's, yeah, that's a that's great sign, which is what, and I, I, the, I mentioned that like five mile run right before my IVF cycle. And that was actually like one of the best runs of my life. And I just had this like feeling where I was like, Quinn, 
I'm doing this for you. Like you don't get to run, but I can run. And I was like, and not only am I doing this for Quinn, I'm doing this for these other babies, right. That I'm trying to bring into the world. And like my physical fitness and my physical health is not just about the way I look or the way I, you know, my self-actualization and the way I perceive myself. It's also like an investment in my future motherhood to be healthy for my kids and all of this stuff. And I think that's a much better mindset. And so I'm glad you reminded me of that because that's like a good way to think about it. And that's how I want to think about it when I'm exercising. And when I, when I exercise and I feel my heart racing and my blood pumping and my face is red and heart racing, I'm reminded that I'm alive. Yeah. And it's like the complete opposite from lying and surrender, like on the floor where you can't do anything. There's something about like, I'm so alive and like my heart is pumping and I feel alive. And that's the opposite of the death that I felt for so long and the death I felt like I feel regularly now. And so again, like I really do feel like it's, I don't enjoy every minute of it. I'm not like crazy. I, you know, but I enjoy that feeling alive. That's me. To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at as long as I'm living podcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at as long as I'm living podcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grieving brains allow. Yay.